Welcome to How Now, the podcast where we talk about how to live in the now. And here's your host, Kim Martin Raymond. Peace and blessings, love and light, and welcome to this edition of the How Now podcast, where we talk about how to live in the now. I am your host, Kim Martin-Raymond. I'm a minister, spiritual life coach, author, and founder of Redefining You LLC, where I help my clients to realign themselves, mind, body, and spirit. So welcome to this season two of the How Now podcast. If you are new to the podcast, please go over to my website at www.hownowpodcast.com. Choose your favorite podcast platform and make sure that you subscribe so you know when the show is airing and you can catch up on the latest shows that you may have missed, season one and now season two. And also you can click on the YouTube button so that you can connect to my How Now YouTube channel where you can watch the shows on demand and where you can also follow me on my wellness journey. And again, that is www.hownowpodcast.com. So, Let's get into today's show where we're going to talk a little bit about, what do you call it, universal expansion. And if you don't know what that is, you'll kind of know a little bit about it by the time we're through. So before we get started, as is customary with the How Now podcast, I'm going to have my guest to introduce himself at this time. Hi, my name is Ron Baller. I'm a writer, producer, creator based in New York City. Uh, and I'm very happy to be on your show. Awesome, awesome. It's so glad to have you, you know, and anytime anybody says New York, I'm like, woo, 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 because hey, it's my hometown. So, you know, I'm always <laughs> going to cheer for, for, the, for the New Yorker. You know, I just have a special place in my heart. Sorry. And then he's originally from Chicago. That's where my husband's from. So, you know, we just connected all the way around. So just happy to have you here on the show. And, uh, you know, we, we've been highlighting authors, you know, throughout the year. And that's what we'll continue to do as the year goes on. And so we want to talk a little bit about a recent publication that you uh, created. And it is called The Theory of Universal. Nope. That's the, <laughs> that's the title of the show, people. <laughs> the Theory of Universal Expansion, <laughs> The Tale of Two Scientists is what I call it. Okay. But his book is called Hubble. Make sure I have that right. Hubble, Humason, Humason. Hummason and Humason. the Hummason. Yes. So it's Hubble, Hummason, and the Big Bang, the race to uncover the expanding universe and how two scientists investigate their theory of universal expansion. It's a long title, <laughs> but it's comprehensive. It's comprehensive. So let's talk a little bit about this publication. How did you come about uh, creating this uh, book, or what was the premise behind your book? Uh oh, I'm having uh, so this I'm is sorry. really follow up to my first book. I'm sorry, we're getting a little delay on on you talking. I right, start again. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, the book. Um, what it's really a follow-up to the first book I did, which was a biography on the second guy, Thomason. And don't feel bad not knowing how to pronounce his name. I didn't know how to do it. Nobody knows who he is. Didn't know who he was. Uh, he's a fairly marginalized character, but he was uh, he was really uh, the guy who did most of the work getting the universal expansion theory on paper with Hubble. Uh, Hubble's the name everybody knows, Space Telescope, everybody, you know, kind of knows something about Hubble. Um, and I, I discovered it just being curious about life. And I was reading a book about this the history behind the discovery of the Big Bang, this theory. And this guy popped out who had an eighth grade education, uh, became a cowboy and a mule skinner. And, helped build this, this uh, astronomical laboratory on the top of a mountain, in, a remote mountain in California, and then joined after the thing opened uh, as a janitor. 
and at oh, the wow. age of 31 years old became actually became <laughs> became an astronomer and went on to become one of if not the best uh observer of the 20th century i mean he just was a remarkable figure and so this book with this book i really wanted to put hubble and hummison on the same level together because they really did do this together and uh and so the book just explores some of the history behind the developments that were necessary and it follows you know the universal it just follows their careers as they try to unpack all of this stuff that they were discovering in the moment and wondering like everybody else einstein included what was going on wow and it's, it's so interesting because there's always more than one person who's involved in, in, you know, any type of theory that comes up. And, and there's always one that tends to, 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 you know, be spotlighted and the other one kind of falls by the wayside. And they've done just as much work, if not more, you know, to, to you know, help to bring those theories to fruition. And, you know, no scientist does things independent, you know, or independently. There's always a team or there's always several minds that are coming together that are are trying to to discover and research something and and you know one may go in one direction one may go in the other direction i'm just fascinated that he started out as as a janitor and then decided to become an astrologer that's a yeah hey if anybody talks about pivots that's a heck of a pivot <laughs> you know to go from that to go from you know from doing that saying, hey you know you look up at this guy you say hey you know what i think i want to pursue that but it also goes to show that, you know, you can yeah. at any point determine to, to do something different and then it's just a matter of pursuing it. So that's something that is awesome. That is awesome. So, you know, it's a wonderful premise behind your book. And like you said, a wonderful segue to your, you. to your second book and to getting into how their lives parallel and to put them on that same playing field. So that is awesome. Okay. So for those who don't know, talk a little bit about... Universal expansion, if you will. Okay. Uh, so yeah, universal expansion basically, and talk about years in the making. Yes. <laughs> the, the seeds of this go all the way back to Aristarchus and the ancient Greeks 2,500 years ago. But uh, basically the idea formed out of uh, Albert Einstein's general relativity theories. Uh -huh. And after people got the physicists got to digest this for a while, they started to uh, understand it in a certain way. And eventually they started to theorize with math uh, that the that if Einstein's equations were correct, one way that we could we could start to experiment to find out whether they're correct is to see if the universe is in fact expanding or contracting because his, his equations seem to, uh, to express that. And so this took a while. Einstein's general relativity came out in 1915. This was you know, basically 1930, so about 15 years later. Uh -huh. These two guys embarked on this adventure to see if they could determine what was going on. But the expansion of the universe is basically as kind of a zero point. And nobody knows what was there before that. I mean, this, this goes way beyond our capacity to understand exactly at this point, obviously. Um, but uh, it goes back to a zero point when all of, supposedly, all of the matter that in the universe we see today mm -hmm. uh, was condensed into a, a, a an extremely hyperly charged ball of energy and that it was so hypercharged that it couldn't hold itself together and it popped basically and uh, the result is what we see in front of us today it's really it's a fascinating idea to even think about to even attempt to you bring it up you know, I've been working on it for 15 years Wow. Still as fascinating as the day I started. <laughs> but that's <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> that's cool. That's basically what the expansion is. Yes. 
Yes. And, she, and that's cool because, you know, it's something, you know, of course, there's there's a scientific side. And then, of course, there is a spiritual side, you know, so so there's a lot that that, you know, goes into the thoughts of how these things come about. And it's like you said, it's years and years of research years and years of questions that that have to be answered and 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 trying to determine you know how long it takes for someone to do that or to or to to determine you know whether a theory or a hypothesis is true or not and and like you said it takes a long time like you said 15 years from the time that that uh, you know uh, the theory of, of uh, relativity right is the theory of relativity before that came about and then them going to research it. And then, like you said, you're researching it for another 15 years. That's 30 years right there. That's some people's whole life, <laughs> you know, and then, and then a little residue for a seasoned, <laughs> a seasoned people was a little bit longer than that. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, to, to have the drive to continue to research something for an extended period of time. And, and, and it just makes me think of, you know, when, what, how do I put this? What time span do you get to, or where do you get to, or, or you know, what stage do you get to where you say, okay, I, I've, I've exhausted this as far as I can go, or I'm not sure that there's anything else that I can do at this point and it's time for either someone else to pick up the mantle and continue it, or does that person continue to do the research until they're deceased? You know, just a, just a, a little perspective <laughs> of, of, what you, of what your thoughts are there. What do you think, you know, makes the person say, eh, okay, enough, or, you know, or we've exhausted this and this is what we've determined. It's really, it's a great question. And I would say that um, yeah, it's, it's a lonely pursuit, this, this kind of work. Um, it takes years and years to, to compile everything, to get in front of people and get the interviews you need to get. Um, I'm, a, I'm a writer and a researcher. I'm not myself an astrophysicist. So I'm depending on astrophysicists and astronomers to, to give me the information I need to become more knowledgeable so that I can impart that on my, on, on my readers. Um, and of course, I'm not writing, I didn't write the book about the Big Bang, I wrote the book about people, because that's what's right. interesting to us, right? I mean, yes. our connection to each other is, is, the, is the thing that, that, that compels us most. But I, and I tell this to my um, writing clients and the, and the people I mentor in writing all the time, well, there's a common, uh, there's a commonly held uh, idea that you should write what you know. And I actually think it's more important to write what you're curious about. And this book, these two books that came out of the, all of this research from all over the world uh, are really a, a illustrated to me the importance of being curious about something because they sustained me through the times when I just looked at this pile of stuff and went, how, how am I ever going to coalesce this into right. a book? I mean, you know, it just the first one was so, was so daunting. And um, really, though, learning, I learned so much um, about, me. teachers say this all the time, you know, teaching is a learning experience. Yeah. And uh, it really is true, you know. And I think this this book taught me a lot about my about my life, about who I am. It sustained me. Humison's story was so compelling to me. Uh, it sustained me through you know uh, the, the 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 bright days and the dark days. Yeah. And um, I never really lost sight, even when I was busy trying to you know earn a living with other things yes. I never really lost sight of that he was kind of my guide star we call him astronomy and guide star which is the star you follow the track of the, the object you're looking at but he really was you know he really was and he still is and you know through this book he still is now I'm probably done here this is the end of the road for Hubble and Humiston. I feel <laughs> like I've done 
uh, both of them and the and the whole the whole because the if you read the book if any of your listeners are interested they they probably know a little bit about some of the Hubble doesn't have the best reputation and uh, especially with people in, in the astronomy field uh, he was a great scientist and one of the great astronomers but uh, you know his his personality let him down a bit whereas Amundsen was everybody's favorite person but uh, this book really unpacks a lot of the who did what when who gets credit for what and really tries to understand that and that was another of the big things that I wanted to do with this book to really explore. So, but I think I'm at the end of the road uh, for these. I'm, I'm getting ready to move into new territory and tell stories awesome. about new people and be curious about something else. Right. Well, I, you know, I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But what, it, it, what I love is that, <laughs> you know, even as writers and as an author myself, yes, it, you know, it's as you're doing the research, and 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 you're and you're you know trying to put things together so that that way you know it it, it comes together and it flows and it does things like that. It is absolutely a lesson in in learning more about yourself because you learn your your capability, your ability to to research, your ability to formulate ideas and thoughts and to be able to translate them on paper and and you know to to you know make it engaging and and you know and insightful for the person that's reading it and you're having to step into what you think other people will 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 get out of it and and what you're trying to convey and you know and are my communication skills up to par all of these things Absolutely. run through your mind and you're just like you know so so even in writing like you said in in, in teaching you're learning right along with the, the person who's learning as well, because every day, you know, I, I tell people I'm today years old on a lot of things, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you find out things you learn from your womb to your tomb. That's what they say. There's always something to learn. There's always something that's going to, you know, be outside of your scope. And it's a matter of, all right, what do I do to obtain that information? And we're in, and we're in an age of technology. And so yeah. it's important for us to, you know, tap into that technology and into those resources and say, okay, I, I've, I've presented this information, I've, presenting, I've presented these facts, and, and now, you know, I've got to see what, what have I gleaned from this. And so in saying that, that's a perfect segue into, you know, talking about things that are larger than ourselves. We think about um, Hubble and we think about Humerson. And we think about, you know, them doing the research and, and going beyond something, you know, and taking on a task that was larger than themselves. And you, in turn, have done the same thing in writing about them and, and, and bringing their careers and their lives, you know, to the forefront for others who didn't know about them to, to become aware about them. So talk a little bit about doing things or, or, or you know, stepping into spaces of, of committing to doing things that are larger than ourselves. They, well, I wasn't writing. I wasn't writing. Uh, I wasn't thinking of writing narrative nonfiction when I started this. My journey started while I was on a writing hiatus. It was actually in the Philippines. I had just finished my first book, which was a book of children's fantasy fiction oh, wow. uh, that I had written and illustrated myself and. That's what I thought my path was. And then this Thomason story leaped off the page at me and I thought, well, I'm not gonna be able to put this down. So let me uncover everything I can about this guy and figure it out. And it just, you know, one thing led to another and the strategy just started to unfold. And before I knew it, I was writing this. What's great about narrative nonfiction. And I love, still love the children's uh, story world, and I'm and I'm and I'm still tied to that um, because I love influencing young young people, and plan to do that in physics and astronomy as well. But what I love about the narrative, the nonfiction world, is to some measure what you were just talking about in your question, which is here's here's a chance 
to, to tell a little story about a guy who told really tiny stories. I mean, he gave data about things you could you can't see with the naked eye. I mean, mm. thousands of times fainter than you can see with the naked eye. And, and, he, and he helped to unpack this thing that, that we had no idea about before 100 years ago. And um, it, it's just such a compelling story. So yeah, I mean, the idea of being able to write something transcendent, compelling, to people that tells a little story about maybe something some remote aspect of life and the journey of humankind uh on our planet uh is really it, it's really an incredible experience it just is yeah i mean the thing is, you know anytime you you, you know you're, you're telling a story and that's what connects us you know it's the it's the greatest connector it helps us to establish relationships because we're looking at the similarities that we have with others, things that are, are similar. And, you know, when we, when we had a conversation, it was like, oh, you're from, you know, you, you were in New York, I'm from New York. Oh, you know, you were born in Chicago, my husband's from Chicago. You, know, you look for the things that connect you to, to people and that's how you establish relationships. And, and, and it's the same thing, like you said, the most minute things and, and, and to be able to, to actually sit there and say, okay, this seems like it's something that's minute, but then it turns into something big. You know, inventions start out with something minute. You know, my hair looks this way. How do I comb? Oh, let me create a comb. Let me create a brush. Let me create a, you know, a, a shaver to shave hair. And you All know, you said things. it really well in your opening. Uh, it, no, there is, there's no, there's never been a discovery that just popped into somebody's lap. It's always an age of discovery, one age after another. Very yes. true. No and someone has to, like you said, someone has to pick up the mantle at some point and say, okay, uh, all right, they've taken it this far, but let me go and take it a step further, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and you have to have such a mind, like you said, when you talk about things that transcend beyond what, what we're currently doing, because could you imagine if we just stayed in, in, in the constant state of where we were and never thought to advance beyond that point, we would get yeah. nowhere. Yeah. We would be nowhere. We would still be rubbing sticks together and starting to making a fire. <laughs> we would never get outside of that space, yeah. you know? So it takes, it takes you know, a, a, an imagination. It takes a, a fortitude. It takes a mindset to be able to say, you know, yeah, we're doing this, but what if we did this? Or, or, or what if we add a little bit more? Or, you know, what if we do? And, and now it's so funny because the, 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 the buzzword that we hear nowadays is, you know, let's take a deeper dive. Everything is about taking a deeper dive now, right? <laughs> it's amazing how many buzzwords have come up out of this pandemic. All of a sudden, you know, self-care has been around for a long time, but you didn't hear anything about it until the pandemic hit and people were having to look at themselves in the mirror and sit with themselves. And now all of a sudden it's like, wow, self-care, you know, Wow, we need to do this, and then now we're going to take a deeper dive into this. You know? <laughs> it's, it's amusing, but it's it so true. It is. I so have to true. say too, though, it's also really positive. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it is really positive. You know, the fact that people are being more introspective, the mm -hmm. fact that people, a lot of people, seem to be taking chances mm -hmm. uh, with their careers, with the things that maybe trying school, trying to get back and, and learn a new thing, a new skill. Uh, I, I think that part of it, I mean, it's been horrible. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean no, just, you know, the, the, the amount of, uh, uh, you know, the lives that have been impacted by the pandemic. Oh, yeah. It's just, you know, that part's just awful. But the good story is that the very good feeling out of it is that are the stories, some of the stories that you know, um, of people who, you know, they, they took a chance and they launched that, you know, pottery shop or whatever right. it is they always wanted to do that they never right. felt like they could before. Right, yeah. right. And I think it's also important to remember that, you know, it, it, sometimes people think, okay, it's, it's already been done. You know, I can't, I can't explore this anymore or, or I can't do that because everybody's doing that. But there are so many different variables that are involved 
that that make things different. Just like we share common experiences, there are always one or two things or 10,000 things <laughs> different <laughs> that, that are going to cause us to say, well, yeah, we understand that this is something that we've been doing, but we can still add a little bit more to it. Or what if we take this spin on it? Mm -hmm. So there's always something new. There's mm -hmm. always something that, that we can explore a little bit more and say, well, yeah, maybe we can tweak this a little bit more. Oh, and yeah. I tell you, that's another thing that I am part of my, on, my, on the people I work with constantly um, is, you know, I'll get the, I get this all the time. Well, I'm, you know, I, I really love this author. But I don't, I'm afraid, you know, I've read so much of, of his work or her work. I'm afraid I'm going to sound too. And I just say, there is no way you are ever going to sound like Cormac McCarthy on paper. You're <laughs> never going to sound like, you know, Joan Collins or any. You're not right. going to. Try your best. Right. It's not happening because right. you and they're them. And that's just the way it is. So write what you're compelled to write. Write what you're curious about inform people about the things and look on the other side of the table while you're doing it and pretend there's somebody there listening to you so that you're careful that everything you're doing is compelling and uh, you'll be fine but do it tell the story you want to tell whether it's you know like i said a pottery shop or whatever the story Why? is you know Why? storytelling comes in a lot of strange uh shapes and sizes and you you know, it's another thing, you know, being a great writer doesn't make you a great orating storyteller uh, be, and, and vice versa. My dad was basically illiterate, but could he tell a story? I mean, he kept the table wrapped at dinner. I mean, you couldn't wait. Dinner was fine. When does dad start talking? Right, you know, right. He was going to tell you a story and he had everybody waiting on his next move, you know? Right. I'm not as good a storyteller as my dad, but, you know, I've learned to become a writer right. over, over time. So my version of it is in the written form. Yeah. Um, so there's just so many different ways, like you said, uh, of, of, of getting your personal reflection on life as you see it out to right. people. Right. Absolutely. I think that that's a that, that's a wonderful point. And and people don't receive information from from the same people the same way. Just like you were saying, you know, sometimes, you know, your mom may tell a story, but, you know, your dad tell, tells a story a heck of a lot better. Mm -hmm. Or or there's just, you know, sometimes it, it, it's the manner in which the information is presented. We know they say that, you know, everybody doesn't have the same level of of learning. Yeah. You don't know, think about people, you know, yeah. and when they talk about school, some people are visual learners. Yeah. You know, I've told people many a times, I have a podcast and the first thing they say is, well, where can I watch it? I'm like, it's a podcast. You listen to it. <laughs> They're like, well, where can you watch it? You're like, mm. okay. So then you start thinking, okay, what do I need to do for my special friends that don't understand that a podcast is something that you listen to and not watch? But right. you go ahead and, and you make the adjustment or you make the pivot and you say, okay. You know, there's more than one way to communicate this. Yeah. So there's going to be some who will love to watch it and 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 see that, you know, because they want to be able to put a face with a name and they want to be able right. to, you know, to, to see who's speaking. And then there will be some who can listen to it all day long. And like, well, I, I got the content. It made sense to me just as much as it did yeah. for somebody watching it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. You know, self-expression is the thing that makes us unique humankind. Uh Creativity exists throughout the animal kingdom, even in even in flora. Uh, you see creative ways in which plants find ways to survive and have found ways to survive. And um, you know, free expression. You see free expression: dolphins body surfing and bears sliding down snowy hills on their backs, and you know, playing lions playing together. I mean, the amount of expression that is available to us throughout nature is incredible. Yes. But the one thing we have, it seems, that the rest of the natural world does not have is this ability to express ourselves and the way we, our senses, the way we capture life. And that is unique to every individual and it is unique to us as a, as a people. 
And it's, it's funny, you know, when you said that, it makes me it makes me think of people who, you know, if you have people who are, are dancing and they're all doing the same steps, but you notice that your eye always drifts to one particular person. Mm-hmm. They're all doing the same steps, but one person just got a little bit more, you know, rah, rah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and your eye drifts to that person. You may scan and you may be watching everyone else doing those same moves, but, they, but your eye always tends to fall on one particular person. Mm-hmm. Or they tend to put one person in the front and the others in the back. And you're, you're looking at that person in the front. You may not be necessarily looking at the person in the back, but they may be doing just as well. So it's a matter of how that person is positioned. And it's also a matter of, of, of you know, who captures that person's attention. Yeah. A person who has a mindset of always looking for the underdog may never see that person in the front, but may see that person who's in the back, you know, or hears that background singer and says, wow, that person's got range back there over yeah. the person who is, you know, front and center on the mic. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. You know, it's all about perspective. Yeah. And it's all about saying, okay, what, what is something that I'm doing? And, and, and making that project, again, like you said, larger than yourself. It yeah. all wraps back around, like you said, to your book, wraps back around to your experience in writing the book and the things that you've gleaned from it. Because that, that's what's going to help us to, to continue to move on and to, and to, you know, find what we're passionate about. Yeah. And I think that's an important point to talk about too, you know, of, of, of it being something that you're passionate about or something that has captured your interest, you know, and I think about that when you were talking about, um, you know, writing your first book, and then you were saying that you were going to start looking into doing more narrative nonfiction. And then all of a sudden the story about the, uh, you know, Hummerson came up and you were just like, wait a minute now, I got to stop for a minute because it captured your attention and you didn't say, "Eh, I'm just going to let it ride. You pursued it. Yeah. And that's something that's important for people to remember in any aspect of their life. If there are things that you're seeking to do, is it something that you're passionate about or is it something that's grabbed your attention and have you gone the next step Mm. to say, to say, I'm going to, I'm going to follow this passion. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, Go down this rabbit hole and see where it takes me. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, and we have, you know, we're, we're human beings, right? So we have lots of ideas. You're not going to follow all of them. No. You know, you have to be selective. Uh, and, of course, you're being selective in the arena that you want to function in, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that is. And so, yeah. But I think when you find one that you want to pursue, mm-hmm. I say go for it. Don't don't quit if you will the it will pay you back tenfold for the blood sweat and tears you put into it that's been my experience and i and i really sincerely hope or it's everybody else's experience too because it's just uh, it's life affirming really yeah and that is something that that you don't put a time frame on i mean you know certain aspects or certain research things Yes, takes years and years, and, and, and you understand that. But then there are certain things that are small and attainable, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of saying, okay, this is something I'm interested in. This is something that I can do. This is something that's feasible, mm-hmm. or, or what is it that I can do, or, or what are the steps that I have to take? And that, that leads me to an interesting question. When you, when you went to research this information, how did you go about doing that, researching that information? Once you found out, you know, once you took an interest in, in his information, because, you know, we have to be careful also about the source from which we get some of our information. We cannot get everything from Wikipedia. <laughs> and I say that because we can say that with certain people, too, because certain people <laughs> will give their opinion and their opinion is just like Wikipedia, too. <laughs> just, you know, so it's it's how did you determine or, you know, or, or start thinking, OK, this is. I'm interested in this, you know, how do we go about that? Because we can definitely, you know, help somebody in, in determining how they would go about researching something that they're interested in. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And it really is the story of the day, isn't it? You know, yes. <laughs> bad, bad information online. Um, not all of it is. And no. I actually am a fan of Wikipedia, but only as a first sometimes a first resource. Yes. Uh, what's great about it is generally the articles, if you're reading an article in Wikipedia and it has no references, ignore right. it. Right. 
the references are there for you to go back and double check what's been said so that you get a clear picture for yourself of what that what those references are. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I'm not against Wikipedia as a source, uh, but you definitely want to follow up. In my case, I started with Hummison. If I had started with Hubble, nice big open path, oh, of course. <laughs> right? Um, but Hummison was a pretty, pretty cold trail, I have to say. Uh, and I found myself wearing out the carpets and local libraries all over the country trying to figure out where this guy was when who his family was and i eventually met his family oh wow interviewed his granddaughter and, and wow. became really close with the family and that was really my introduction and then i've had th through that introduction had so many incredible introductions with people from all walks of life who happened to be a part of, uh, of the experience, the world that I needed to get involved in. Mm -hmm. And they just couldn't have been more forthcoming or open in helping me to figure out what, what had gone on and to try to unpack it a little bit more for all of us. So yeah, that was the, it started back in 2005. And by the time I got done with Hummison's book, I had so much information on the path that, you know, the two of them, that really the second book was kind of, well, it took me, what, <laughs> 10 or 12 years to write the first book from yeah. all the research, and then another three plus years to write the second book. So I had all this information, and what I realized was, oh, I just haven't, I haven't told it, I haven't told this story. This is actually, this is actually the story now that people know who this guy is, right. we need to connect them because they're mm. really connected. And so, yeah, it, it just kind of one thing led to another. And, and uh, but I, I, you know, boy, I, you know, you talk a lot about writing compelling stories about characters. What almost never gets talked about is the people that you meet along the way that help you along the way. And that is as compelling Yes. And inspiring is uh, any it's of the work that comes It yeah. is priceless. Yeah. I am just like, wow, you got to meet his granddaughter and yeah. and didn't and, and know his family. And, and you know, that is just something that you are not going to get out of the card catalog <laughs> at your local library that, you know, yeah, for those of you who know what a card catalog is. <laughs> and if you don't, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> you know, and here, astronomers have a thing called a plate library uh, catalog. So it's the same thing. It looks like your old, you know, Dewey Decimal oh, yeah. card catalog. Yeah, yeah. Except it has these little glass plates in them. And those little glass plates have galaxies and star clusters. And, and there are hundreds of thousands of these in the world. Today, years old. I'm today, years old. Or no, I'd never heard of that before in my life. <laughs> I'm just like, it, it is just fascinating. But just like you said, yeah, I love that we're in this technology age that the world is wide open. Yeah. And even like you said, when it seems like it's a cold trail, there, there's, there's other means for gathering information. If you're passionate about it, if, if you're looking to see beyond you know, the surface, and sometimes it just looks like a wall. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I'm not going to be able to penetrate this wall. Yeah. There's always somebody who says, let me just try to push it a little bit. Or let me see if I start <laughs> scooping out a little bit of this little, you know, this little air machine. Eventually I'll get through. Right. And, right. and, and, those, and those are the ones who, who create beautiful publications like this to help us to learn about things that we wouldn't typically know about. Yeah. And if there were not people like yourself and others who, who do the research and, 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 and do the, the legwork to find out, you know, well, let, let me learn a little bit more about this. And maybe somebody else may want to learn about this too. That's why the libraries are full of, of books. And, and we have people who are authors who are, are trying to bring these things to light, you know, and, and we're, we're not able to, to learn or to, to, to see our universe expand without people like you. So I appreciate that. I appreciate the, 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 the writings 
I appreciate this time to talk about the discoveries that that you learn, you know, because it's, it's you know, as you, know, you hear about the authors, authors talk about their books, they say, you know, I, you know, the author, you know, Kim Raymond, you know, she lives in Atlanta, Georgia, she has three cats, you know, whatever, you, you hear about all of that, but, but you don't hear about the life lessons that were learned by the people that are researching and writing these publications that people are picking up and going on Amazon and, and, and researching. It's a beautiful world when we can, we can say, okay, this is, this is something that I've learned and, and, and it's made me a, a better person for the experience. So, I mean, I, I commend you for that. I look forward to getting your book. See, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get an autographed copy. That's what I'm going to get. <laughs> Y'all can hate okay, a little bit, but I don't want to ask him to get an autographed copy because that's what I do. I have a library of books and, and that's something that, that, I, that I, I seek to do because it's wonderful to make these connections. You know, and I'm happy for this platform to be able to do that, to, for us to be able to talk about not just the publication, but to talk about how it has influenced you and affected you personally as well. You know, because sometimes, you know, we, we get lost in the background. We're just the name on the bottom of the of the book. And, you know, you get all these bestsellers and all these other things like that. But it's nice to be able to to personalize a little bit and say, hey, you know, I like that person. That person's a great person. I want to find out about their book. It's all okay because I'm the Segway Queen. Let's talk about how people can find your book. Is it on Amazon? Do you have a website? Talk to me about that and some of the projects that you're engaged in right now. You are indeed the Segway Queen. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, you can buy the book at uh, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It's out on Springer Praxis. And um my website is ronvoller.com. You can go there and explore a little bit about my books and a little bit about my history and some of the people that I know and connect with along the way on my journey. Um, and my, there are links there to my social media platforms where you know I'll be, um, I work with a public charity. Um, we, we are focused mainly in Uganda. You can see this Kim behind me. That's actually yes. Uganda behind Beautiful. me, even if you're listeners can't but uh yeah the you know i do a lot of work with a group called paper fig foundation mm -hmm. and we're working in um women's empowerment through fashion and the arts mm -hmm. and um that's a long story that we don't have time for but uh i that speaking of standing for something larger than yourself that is a uh, uh something that is near and dear to me it's a great little organization we've helped thousands of young women get a, get a leg up and help their families uh, in, in a very remote, uh, in some of the remote parts of the world. So it's, a, it's something that's near and dear to my heart. And um, I'm actually planning a long bike ride. I'm gonna ride 560 miles from Battery Park to Niagara Falls this year to raise money for the wow. charity. And I invite your listeners, any of them in the area who wanna come out and ride a leg with me, awesome. shortest ones. We'll be riding from 30 to 60 miles a day, and uh, you're welcome to come out and raise some funds for the organization if you want, and, mm -hmm. and it's lovely to have company. So yeah, that's how to get me, though. That is awesome. Okay, so you heard it right here, www.ronvoller.com, and, and you can click uh, and into his social media through that, and also uh, links to his publications, to his wonderful books, and you can hear about, and it's called Paper Fig. Paper fake is the is the um in women's empowerment in Uganda and I love that I love that and like you said if you're in the area now do they have information about if they want to help uh you know with the fundraising effort for that perfect perfect yep. so it's a one one stop shop go to www.ron r o n voller b o l l e r dot com correct correct awesome 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 okay and of course before we before we wrap things up. We always ask our guests, you know, how are you living in the now? We know that some people are, you know, still finding it uh, difficult to navigate in this space, in this pandemic space that we are still actively in. You know, we've had a lot of things that have gone on around this world that have been a distraction. But then, you know, at the end of the day, when, when it's time to sit down with ourselves, you know, we try to figure out what are some things that we can do to cope. And that is the acronym for Create Our Peaceful Existence. So what are some things that you do uh, to cope and to navigate in this space? 
I, 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 I kind of count myself lucky in terms of the pandemic. I mean, I, I, I don't have kids and um, I, was, I was working on my book, uh, trying to finish my manuscript when the pandemic hit. So lucky me, I got to sit at home and write my book. But, uh, you know, I lost some things. I wasn't able to go to some of the libraries to finish up some of the, I had to do that online now instead mm -hmm. of, uh, so you miss out on the people experience of that. But I, um, in terms of needing to cope with the pandemic, other than being empathizing with family and friends who really were going through hard times, uh, the pandemic for me personally wasn't as hard as it was for, I know, for, for a lot of people. Um, but what I have always done is uh, meditate, and uh, it does help me focus. Um, my work requires a lot of focus. It's easy to get off track. It's easy to get, you know, sidetracked by the things that are going on at home and around you. So meditation really helps me focus. That's probably the thing I do most um, in terms of um, just being mindful. I don't see, uh, uh, I, I'm not a big live in the moment kind of, a big, because it's impossible to do live in the moment. The moment is very fleeting. Can you probably realize, but <laughs> time is kind of an ocean to me, you know, and the mind is kind of a time machine. Mm -hmm. And so we're always kind of mashing around past and the present and future ideas and this sort of thing. So focusing that is a good thing. Um, and certainly being present for people uh, when they come to you, when they have a problem, when they want to talk about something, that is, is a, obviously something to focus on. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, it, for me, it's, it, this experience of the past few years has just been uh, incredible. Uh, we haven't experienced anything like it for a hundred years. And I, I hope we don't have to deal with a, another one anytime soon. It is. I mean, I, I love that you say meditation. I love that you say empathy. Another word, you know, we, we, we cannot discount how people are feeling in this space. Yeah. And, and this is, you know, like you said, in, in, in our history where you know, we're all experiencing the same thing at the same time. And there are so many different ways in which people are coping with it or dealing with it. And, and, and we can't discount anyone's feelings on yeah. it. Some people are still afraid. Some people yeah. are, are over it. And then mm -hmm. some people are somewhere, you know, in the, in the spectrum yep. of, of, of one extreme or another. You know, and, and we just can't, you know, we have to be able to say, okay, what can I do to just function in this space? What's going to help me personally to let, to navigate in this space until I can get to, to my next level, whatever that yeah. level is. And that yeah. for me is where the meditation helps because it'll let, it get, puts me in a mindset of, okay, remember, yes, you're experiencing one way, but people are experiencing this in a myriad of ways. So try to be respectful. Try to proactively understand that, you know, not everybody's going to be okay with not wearing a mask indoors or whatever it is. So, right. Right. But like you said, that's a whole nother show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm definitely, definitely going to have you come back because I definitely want to hear more about Paper Fig and the, and mm. your, you know, and the, your efforts there, you know, uh, those listeners who know me and know uh, of my show last year, my husband and I go to Haiti every year and, and we are part of a foundation called the Tome Foundation. And, and what we do is we provide backpacks and we uh, provide, um, you know, uh, wellness checks for the people in a local community there. And oh. so, you know, we definitely have to have you come back and talk about that effort. So, you know, that. That, that's what I love about the How Now podcast. We can come back and talk about a myriad of things. And so, you know, all of us have different facets to our lives. And so, you know, we, you came and had your author's hat on today. And the next time you come, we'll have, you know, you'll have your hat on for Paper Pig and we'll talk about that. So, you know, you'll definitely back, be back. So we, this won't be the last time you all hear from Mr. Waller. He'll be back. 
He will be back. Okay, now do you have any parting words for our listeners? Something that you want them to take away from our time together today? And uh, we'll end on that note. Uh, I guess um, everyone you meet is going through something. So be kind. Be kind. Simple. Doesn't have to be complex, even though he's an author. <laughs> Everything that comes out of our mouths doesn't have to be complex. <laughs> Simple. Be kind. Be kind. All right. And that will do it for this edition of the How Now podcast. And until we see you the next time, again, thank you, Mr. Ball, for being with us. We look forward to seeing you again. And thank again, you, until we see you the next time, I say peace. <laughs> thank you. Ken. You're welcome.